Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. (laughs) This tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoes of Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris (laughs) Carava is. It's so good. That's great. What's up? Welcome back to The Punk Tree. We've got an episode for you guys here. We currently are in the moon phase. Uh, it is waxing gibbous right now. Uh, any comments on the moon phase from you guys? Uh, I don't <laughs> believe in the moon. Um, so, no. It's a government conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, the Do moon you think isn't that even we real? landed on the moon? I, so, I, I talk about this regularly, and this is what I believe. We probably landed. Like completely most likely we landed on the moon yeah however sure sometimes when when um when conspiracy theories come up if they have to do with things where it's like oh well the government lied to you i'm like well actually maybe i could i can actually get behind that they probably are yeah yeah lying what phase are we in again jesse so uh, Uh, waxing gibbous waxing gibbous okay and why do you know that you don't pay attention to the moon phase? No. Man, you've never truly lived. Oh, I man. <laughs> no. Anyway, so um, what we've got today is uh, we're going to be doing a showdown a little bit later. Mike and Aaron challenged each other to check out some uh, music that they might not have chosen otherwise. But just kicking things off, um, I've got a drink here. I know you guys do as well. But what have you been listening to? And what's in your hand for a beverage? How about we just do both? Just knock Let's them both do it. out. Let's knock them both out. Aaron, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm currently sipping on a Scrimshaw Pilsner from North Coast Brewing. It's a crisp, clean Pilsner that doesn't taste like garbage. I actually like it quite a bit. It's one of my favorite Pilsners. Uh, I've been listening to a uh, Japanese band called Waterweed. I've mentioned them on the show before. Uh and uh, yeah, this past week I've just been 
playing their Diffuse album, which is their latest one. It's awesome. It's fast. It's kind of hard to understand the lyrics because they're Japanese guys singing in English, but I really like it. The answer is always simple. Music is music, isn't it? Great. I'll go next. Um, I am drinking a Habitus double IPA from Mike Hess. Actually, I'm about to drink it. Here it goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the can. Mm-hmm. As we know, Jesse really likes drinking out of the can. So there I am doing it as well. Um, it's Ooh, it's heavy. Jesse's got a glass tonight. Yeah, it's I it's do. a heavy heavy double IPA. Um, very very hoppy. Probably at my limit, actually, for for like taste hops that I that I like, um, but it's good. Um, and then listening wise, uh, so one of the things about like the pandemic has been there's just been like interesting ways of releasing music, and a lot of a lot of singers and bands and stuff are releasing singles here and there, or collaboration stuff that they've done online. And so um, actually, just today I've been listening quite a bit to uh, the new single and there's like a lyric video and music video um from andy hall the lead singer of manchester orchestra um it's actually a duet that he recorded with paris jackson who is the daughter of michael jackson the disgraced king of pop um and it's uh it's very andy hall songwriter style like powerful lyrics that are just like the, the the music is there to support a very simple idea, which is what I love in music. Um, and both of them are phenomenal singers, and when they sing together, it sounds super good. The song's called Eyelids, and uh, I recommend checking it out. How about you, Jesse? Um, I did actually pour my drink into this uh, fancy goblety glass. Um, this is one of my favorite glasses. It says on there, it says, uh, you do yoga. What is that? That looks like <laughs> it might be dragon's blood or maybe even gypsy blood. <laughs> I think it sort of looks that way because the <laughs> light is coming from such a strange angle. It actually has more of a... Um, like a, like a barley wine color to it. Although I think since I'm in a red room and the lights come in strange, but it's a, it's a founders a backwoods bastard. It's a, just a strong scotchy ale aged in bourbon barrels. And is it good? It is too cold at the moment. I need to let it, it's, it's going to be a sipper for a while here. And what I have been listening to is an album that just came out last week from a band that, I go way back with, I probably started listening to him when I was like 12 years old, maybe. I've seen him in concert 10 plus times, and the band is Five Iron Frenzy. They just put out a brand new album last week, 
And I, I wouldn't say that like it catches my ear as like as as hard hitting and as fun as I used to enjoy ska music. Um, but there's definitely a few songs that stood out that I definitely liked. It's a solid album for sure. It sounds good. I don't know. Maybe I think I might just be past my ska years. <laughs> um, but the, probably my favorite track was it's called a. So we sing, and it's a really beautiful, hopeful, anti-authoritarian song. That sounds like something I might like. I mean, yeah, like sometimes anti-authoritarian songs don't have that hopeful feel to them, but this one did. It's called So We Sing. So. Let's be- All right, so we're gonna um, we're gonna get into our showdown. Uh, Mike challenged Aaron to listen to the album "Mm-hmm" by Reliant K, which sort of falls outside of something we know Aaron would choose to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then, and Jesse, mm-hmm. I love how emphatically you pronounce the name of the album. I feel like if you just say it too quickly, people are gonna be like, "Wait, what? What was the album? Did you did?" Did your Zoom audio cut out? You didn't say anything. Mine usually so does. I, it usually does, right? So I make sure to get the mm-hmm in there. That's M M H M M. Okay, but and then and then Aaron threw down and said, Mike, you've got to listen to Misanthropy Pure by Shy Halud. So uh there's gonna be so much you guys could say about these records, but why don't you just jump in and, and just give some general background context about your experience with these bands, uh, what you know about them, where this album fits in their discography. Sure. So maybe I'll go first. So I'm talking about Reliant K here, right? Right. First, like yeah. I'll kind of set it up <clears throat> totally. So uh, Reliant K, um, uh, I first encountered Reliant K music when I was, I don't know, early high school probably. Um, it was kind of the... Uh, I would say it was like the end of my, uh, you know, I was like a tooth and nail kid, but I was, you know, a little bit old. Like I was on the front end of the tooth and nail thing. And so I listened to like those earlier tooth and nail bands before like the hardcore solid state thing kind of happened. Um, and Reliant K kind of came into that sort of like pop punk, Christian punk scene on the tail end of when I was like, okay, this is getting like blink 182 out. Like everybody's trying to sound like MXPX or something. And I was like, I was kind of over it. I was kind of over the blink 182 craze quickly. Um, and so Reliant K came on the scene and like, I actually didn't like them. I didn't like how silly they were. They had a lot of songs about stupid teenage, situational things they had songs like sadie hawkins dance in my khaki pants that's why i never listened to them before they had one on their first record called like marilyn manson ate my girlfriend yeah like i i wasn't digging songs about being in like a high school class or worrying about a girl who doesn't like me like i i had maybe too much angst for that and i was i was getting fairly into like you know 
bands like Rage Against the Machine, and I was into bands like No Effects and Descendants, and like taking on some like huge themes, like big themes about like what's wrong with the world. And I fell into that. And like that pulled me into college and like Reliant K never was a thing I really cared about. And then mm-hmm came out. And it and they had been shifting along the way. It wasn't the first of their music that I cared about. There were other like songs, maybe not whole albums that I loved, but songs that I was like, wow, that's a powerful message. That's really, really cool. I appreciate that Matt Thiessen, lead singer, songwriter, is is a very um a tortured soul kind of. Like it comes across as that. A lot of songs are very much about like his own broken struggle. Um, and, and that, that wasn't the case, you know, when I was like a high school kid in the late nineties, early two thousands, like that wasn't the case. He grew into it and life happened to him and things fell apart and things grew together. Um, and so when this album came out, it really, it really is a sort of like coming of age record for the band. It, the songs are very personal in a lot of ways to Matt Thiessen, um, it also, for me, kind of musically falls into this place where I I got frustrated with what, like, punk rock had kind of become, especially in the mainstream or, like, near the mainstream. I never was a fan of New Found Glory and Good Charlotte and, like, other bands. I Like, I, that wasn't my thing. I was never a TRL punk kid. I didn't like it. I never, I didn't even have the channel. I never had MTV growing up. Um... And so I was like the kid who went to shows and then bought CDs at a show. And at this time, though, I shifted and I was really starting to care the most about what the song was about. And and musically, this album has a way of using both elements of punk rock, but also like singer songwriter, piano ballads, uh, reprises and a. Uh, you know, I, I studied music in college. I, I, like, I, I care about musicality, like musicianship and instrumentation and things. And like, they use a lot of tricks that are very musical and like interesting and beautiful to me. And so it was a perfect storm of coming of age, adult struggle. I'm also an adult struggling at this time. I'm going through broken relationships. I'm going through my first bouts of struggling with like clinical depression and things. And and the music's mature for me. Um, and so that's that hit me and it's become, you know, it's spent more than a decade as the, the go-to album for me. No, I don't hate you, don't wanna fight you. Now I'll always love you, but right now I just don't like you. No, I don't hate you, don't wanna fight you. Nice. Um, why did you choose this distinctly for Aaron then? That's a great question, Jesse. Uh, I like a lot of the same music as Aaron, where we probably depart. And Aaron and I actually listen to a lot of music together. Like we listen to a lot of music together because we we, we try and work out together pretty often, and we always have music playing, and like that means there's some conversation about it sometimes, and choosing what we're gonna listen to and stuff. Uh, he definitely likes heavier music than. He would choose heavier music than I would a lot of the time. And I would not like choose to put on something in this genre for him because he doesn't really like pop music. He doesn't really like pop, pop, 
punk music. He, I'm assuming, would not be a fan of anything in like the emo world. It's a safe assumption. That's a, hey, that's a safe assumption. Um, and I have heard him talk shit about Reliant K <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> so that's like an easy one. Um, but I I chose it because. Aaron and I are also very good friends who have talked about a lot of the most serious things in life together. And even though the music might not be the thing that hooks him, I wonder if the themes and the lyricism break through because there are some elements in this of, you know, profound wonderings and struggle. So Aaron, uh, you, uh, you challenged Mike to listen to Shy Halud. Um, can you give a little bit of background about your experience with Shy Halud and where this album falls in their discography? Yeah, so um, Shy Halud started in 95. That's 1995, just to be clear. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And I, uh, I found out about them, I think, in like 98, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, and this is when I was like, first like exploring music on my own as I was like not listening to the music that my parents listened to and like really finding what I wanted. Um, but he had a, uh, um, my friend had a compilation disc called East coast hardcore versus West coast hardcore. And, uh, he bought it for like four bucks at hot topic or whatever. Um, and I don't remember a lot about the album, but I remember, Three songs. Um, I hope that you're unhappy by Farside. Uh, Tired by Ignite. This is also where I uh, discovered Ignite. And um, Hearts Once Nourished by Hope and Compassion by Shai Halud. Growing up where we grew up, we had no access to, we didn't have a record store where you just could buy whatever you want. Like there was no store bringing in music that we wanted to hear. So we had very little of it to listen to. Um, So we listened to like the few CDs that we did have over and over and over again. So I like got really, really um, enamored and in touch with those songs in particular. Um, But at the same time, I also didn't have a lot of access to other stuff that Shai Halud was putting out at the time because we didn't have the internet um, at that time, at least not easily accessible. And it definitely wasn't, you know, um, you know, whatever. Um, But we just didn't have access to it. So I kind of forgot about them. Um, Not totally forgot, but they were just kind of not at the forefront of my mind until around 2005. I think I just stumbled upon someone was playing a song or something. I was like, that's Shai Halud. They've kind of gotten a little bit different. And I like this. Like, it was a little bit better. Um, but so then 2008 comes around and they put out uh, this CD, Misanthropy Pure, which was their fifth full length um and i like immediately fell in love with it it like had 
all the aspects of music, at least most of them, right? like the bass guitars, there's a little bit of technicality in the music. Um, the anti-authority stuff is in there. Um, oh, you screaming. like that? You like that part? The anti-authority stuff? I do. Have I not mentioned that to you guys before? <laughs> continue. Um, continue. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I think at, at that time, around 2008, I was also sort of breaking away from many of the things that I had grown up with as far as like political beliefs and um, ideological stuff and sort of rejecting a lot of things that I had grown up with and so this album kind of really fit in with that because a lot of it is about the rejection of um, a lot of the messed up things that humans do. Um, and so, yeah, I just latched onto that and have been a, a strong Shai Halud fan ever since. That's kind of cool. That's cool. I actually started doing a little research on Shai Halud myself because I also listened to this record like a handful of times uh, just so I can kind of wrap my head around it a little bit. And I was curious, like, what, what do I know about this band? And one thing I did, just looking through their Wikipedia page, just because I was learning about them, I recognized a couple of names um, of, yeah. like, founding members of this <laughs> band. And one of them is Chad Gilbert. Their yeah. original vocalist was Chad Gilbert when he was, like, 14 years old. Isn't that yeah. weird? <laughs> yeah, he's the guitar player in New Found Glory now, so I bet Aaron's stoked about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, another name that caught my eye was uh, uh, Steve Cleeseth, I think it was. That sounds correct. Uh, I got to double check it. I literally, yeah, yeah Steve Cleeseth. Cleeseth mm-hmm. who, uh, and I recognize that name because he was was the drummer in uh, Strong Arm and Further Seems Forever. So I was like, yeah. oh, well, well, that's enough little connections there uh, for me to get into this band. Uh, there was even another guy uh, who uh, went on to be in uh, Under Oath for a little while. But anyways, but anyways, that was one other thing. And then the other name that caught my eye was Matthew Fox, who is like been the only member that stuck through them the whole time. Yeah, he's the, he's the through line. But it's not the same Matthew Fox that plays Jack in Lost, Mike. It's not. And also, <laughs> as a tidbit for Lost fans, because I am rewatching the show, I'm almost done. He's disgraced. Did you know that? Like he's kind of banned from Hollywood. The actor? I didn't know The that. actor. Matthew Fox. Jack. Jack, everybody's hero on Lost. He's had some, like, misconduct problems, dude. And, like, oh, no, nobody will hire him again. There you go. I didn't know that. All right. Well, I know that you guys each listened to um, these albums more than once. So just, Mike, what was your initial impressions, like, with the overall sound that you heard listening to this Shai Hulud record? Great. So I, I, I think it's important that I name my my like some preferences i have i i like songwriting for the purpose of showcasing lyricism i like it more than anything else and i grew up the same time as like the guys in shy halud were similar ages um i was never 
a guitar tab kid at all. I was never the kid who like learned how to play that one riff and cared about the part. And so a little bit of a, I know in the, like on a, a previous episode, Aaron gave me some kind of credit for being like pretty open in like what I listen to. And I think that's true. I think, I, I think I'm fairly open in what I listen to. I don't like dig really cool parts. Um, <laughs> like I don't dig when it's like, Oh, look how rad that like, that sick lick was and the guitars and the drums and the bass like all syncopated to make that thing happen. And so we Check did it out this 14 breakdown. times in a row. Yeah, we did it 14 times in a row. And then we moved into this other thing that was all fast and then we dropped back in. And then later on we figured out some lyrics and we threw them on top. Like I write music. That's not the way I do it, but it's not wrong. It's just not my preference for it. And so my very first impression was damn, these guys really liked Guitar Tab in the 90s. That was like literally, that was my first thought. And then my second thought, and I like this is not meant to be pompous in any way, but like I do dissect lyrics very closely. And I do it with any album I get. I've talked about this before, my process for like I put on the record or whatever, listen to it with lyrics, listen very closely. I like to take notes. Um, and that's like also my like academic background. Like I, that's like what I went to college for was, was, was literature, specifically poetry and music. And so I, I think there, there's a famous quote, um, in my world, at least by a jazz bass player named Charles Mingus. Um, he's a pretty well-known jazz bass player if you're in the jazz world. And Charles Mingus says that making the simple seem complex is commonplace, but making the complex simple is genius. Oh man. Was that a wise wisdoms? That might be my wise wisdom. No, that's definitely not a wise wisdom. No, no, no. Um, and, and in music, I have found myself loving more and more the songwriter that can just give me a few words with the proper scene and landscape, like sonic landscape around those words to make me cry or to Oof. make me feel safe or to make me feel hopeful. Mm. Um, I've mentioned before we had like our top 10 albums, like when thrice on the song disarmed goes from minor to the major to tell us that like, we're going to be okay is like such a profound one sentence. So, all that to say, metal music, metal core music, which is what I think I would define Shai Halud as being, is metal core. Definitely. Um, yes. Has an obsession to me with using super dramatic, over the top rhetoric and words. That, I think that's absolutely accurate. And the genre, and I, I, I we'll get into my closer listen here because I think that I mm. actually found some like, I, I really enjoyed some things that I'll talk about. Often, other bands in this genre don't even use those big, heavy, dramatic words properly, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> um, and so my initial reaction was like, "Oh shit, it's another one of these bands that plays a bunch of guitar tabs and uses a whole bunch of words that they might not understand." That was my first listen. I also, on my first listen, did not have the lyrics in front of me. I just listened right. to it in my car. Um, and so 
that's my first hit. Yeah, same. My first listed through, I didn't have the lyrics in front of me either. Um, nice. Uh, same with you, Aaron. What uh, what was just your overall impressions with the the sounds on your first listen through? Uh, first listen through, my overall impression was that this was just another pop punk band that uses all the same uh, musical tools and techniques that all the other pop punk bands do. And I didn't like it. (laughs) That was my initial impression. Brief. Yeah. I don't have to make things complicated like Mike. (laughs) Shit. But also one other thing I was thinking was you mentioned Mike, you said that um, you thought that shy Halud, uh, you would give them the genre metalcore. I think actually they're considered one of the like original bands to have first defined themselves as metalcore. Yeah. All right. So before digging into like any specific lyrical aspect of the albums, uh, what stood out uh, sonically? Like, what did you like or dislike in the vocals? Let's just hit, let, let's talk about a few different things that you liked or disliked in the music before digging into some some lyrics. So, uh, Mike, what, what yeah. did you like or dislike about the vocals? Uh, I, I I don't usually like metalcore singing. Uh, I I don't mind screaming, and I like singing. This was in between. It's like shouting, is as maybe how I would describe it. Um, and so initially I was like, oh man, they're like he's kind of like needs to make a decision here. Is he gonna like sing in a way that people hear words because he wants us to hear him? Or is he belting it out because this is catharsis and mis- misanthropy? The definition of that word is like a like like a hatred for humanity. It's like like mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't like humanity. So if your if your album title is like pure hatred for humanity, <laughs> which is what it's, like, um, <laughs> it's okay for me. Like if you're screaming your guts out, I'm with you. And that's for you to do, and I will have to decipher what it is you're saying, and I'm okay with that. Um, I felt like this was caught a little between in terms of how how he expressed the meanings he was trying to express. Um, that being said, I did really like some of the like ways that they would uh, tag lines. It, it happens throughout the whole album. So they kind of finish a line, and then he goes back and he re-emphasizes the predicate of the line. So he's like, and I'm feeling this so much because of this, because of this, because of mm-hmm. this. And he like mm-hmm. hits it a few times over and over again to emphasize his point, which I, I respected a lot and I enjoyed. Nice. How about how about uh, the Reliant K uh, vocal performance from this record? What what stood out to you as something you liked or disliked about what came through in the vocal performances? I will say, and this is probably true for almost all pop punk bands that I've listened to. Um, the vocals kind of kill it for me. The The thing that I, the big thing I don't like about pop punk is the very happy sounding upbeat lyric, like vocals. Um, oftentimes when they're singing about things that are not happy and unbeat. Um, you know, so like in, I think it's uh, high of 75. Oh. He's talking I about, you like, wouldn't I like do that. like the, <laughs> I like the, the lyrics. Yeah, I like the okay. message. Okay. Nice. Um, 
but he's talking about mental health issues but it sounds like something that I could dance to and it just mm. doesn't I would love to see that I don't know I would love to see I just would it love would... to see you dance in general that'd be great um maybe we'll see I'll tell you there's three things that I'm really bad at dancing drawing and playing video games oh. um good trifecta hey i tell yeah. my students this all the time the the better you are at video games the worse you are at real life <laughs> so you're doing all right man yes um, <laughs> all right um yeah so vocals like how they sing i'm not a real big fan like it i can appreciate that they are good singers i understand why people like them it's not my cup of tea. They just sounded um, too happy. Too happy. And right. I know that's a weird thing for someone to complain about, but no one's ever really um, described me as a happy person. Right. If not they sound unhappy. if they if they sound happy, they're probably succumbing to uh, authority figures. Probably. <laughs> yeah. You got to assume. <laughs> All right. Well, what about like uh, other other aspects of the insp- uh, instrumentation? Like anything, anything in there in the guitars or the drums or the bass uh, that stood out as something that you liked or disliked, Mike? Totally. And and if you hear me flipping through some pages, it's because like I really nerd out on taking apart lyrics, and I have copious... we're not even in the lyrics. Right? I know. Talk about I, lyrics. Well, I, I have notes for each song. Like I listen to each song and I took notes. So you know, listeners might hear me flipping through my notebooks here. Um, I'm also notorious. I just plow through composition books. I have drawers filled with them because I just go through them. Um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, so I, I mentioned I don't love the like composition of metal, metal core sometimes that it feels like somebody wrote a cool part in their bedroom and then they brought it to the studio and they're like, let me put this cool part in the song. And then they just stick them all together. That being said, um, I feel like after I listened more and I understood the purpose, there are deep purposes to each of the songs on this album. Like each one has a very, very specific intent. Uh, I think I'm right on that, Aaron. I I think so. Um, I started to respect more why they were doing what they were doing. Um, and I might be wrong there. Like I don't know the cart and the horse here in terms of like this, the, the music versus the lyrics, like what come, I don't know their process. So I don't know this. Um, but that being said, there are some places where uh, it's too syncopated. It's too part driven. And there are other places where I'm like, dang, like you guys just like, opened that up for a little bit and drove it for a while and that's awesome or there are places where you pulled out the bass and one of the guitars because i think there's two guitar players right um yeah there mm. are, there's two guitar parts that pulled out the bass and one of the guitars and it like is a little more open because you really did want me to hear that bridge because it's you're trying to drive this home to your audience uh and it's like chunky but doesn't have the booty of the bass in it. And I love that because that's when his voice actually sounded really good to me. 
when he's, he's not screaming, he's not singing, he's just kind of yelling and shouting. And when you pull the bass guitar out, all of a sudden that like sonic space is available for his voice to just really sit on you. And I felt yeah. like that happened a lot. It's one of my favorite songs I'll talk about it later. Um, but I felt like that happened a ton on uh, on uh, Set Your Body Ablaze that happened some. Um, and I feel like it also just, and I'll talk about B-Wing um, later, but like, mm. oh, oh, yeah, I feel like it happened there as well. And then one other thing is, musically and instrumentally, I I don't like either of the guitar player's tones, and I am a tone person. I like messing with my guitar and getting it to sound different ways. Jesse and I play guitar a lot together, and we have not totally dissimilar guitar tones. Not totally dissimilar. They're, they're nuanced in how different they are. Um... I play a lot of humbuckers. Jesse plays single coils quite a bit, but not always for either of us. Um, these guitar tones are very different. One is like crazy squeezed, compressed with like this digital clipping, like squeezed and compressed with a digital clipping that I hated, to be honest. Um, and the other one is so fat that it has no... Uh, it's so fat that it has a, like no articulation to me, it, kind of. But when they're together and they're doing like a thing together, it sounded really good. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, when you say you don't like them being like, like this is a cool part. So in um, Set Your Body Ablaze, in the verse, at least in the first verse, there's this um, guitar lead part that's playing under it. This do 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 and that's like one of my favorite things. Like when they just have like a short section where there's like not a super complicated solo, but like a little something different played underneath the lyrics. I don't prefer it because I want to, I, I care about the lyrics more than I care about anything else. That's fair. Like I think there's some lines that are so good in this. I would like the band to stop. Great. It should just be a poem. I want the band to stop and I want you to just break it all then the just way. Listen to poets. I do. <laughs> I, I straight up, there are four or five poetry books sitting around me right now where I'm sitting. I do. But th- like when, he, like when he's talking about like, and, and I'll get into this later, but like he's referencing poetry in that song. That whole song is based on a very famous poem. And set your body I just want Is that the, the song like, you're talking about? Yeah. And I just like if I just if if it was my band, I'd be like, all right, guys, right here, we're gonna bring it all the way down because these words are painfully true. Let them sit on it. But that's just me. That's just me. So like are the guitar parts cool? Yeah, they're cool, but they're distracting me from listening to each word. All right. Well, I very, very detailed. Nice. Um, cool. How about how about the overall instrumentation and sort of mix of, of the sounds you're getting from the mm-hmm album, Aaron? So um, on almost every song, I like the intro. Almost every song. 
most of them have a pretty fast, very um, punk song. Simple. They use the punk beat or something very fast and similar. I really, really like that. Um, and even throughout the uh, the each song, most of it is pretty... They don't do a whole lot of complicated stuff, at least not from what I understand. Maybe you guys would teach me something here if you want. But um, the music I, I, I do actually like. Um, the guitars sound good. It's fast, upbeat. I like it. Um, there's some things that like I don't like. Like there's a a banjo in which to bury us or the hatchet. In the bridge, there's just out of nowhere a banjo, and I don't get it. Like. They just decided to throw a banjo in there. Is it hard when you don't get things? (laughs) Dude, I'm a bass player. There's a lot of things I don't get. Um, No, it just felt out of place. I didn't feel like it added anything to the song. I feel like that was a time where I was like, hey, this would be cool. I know how to play the banjo. Let's throw a, a quick lick in there. Um, and I don't want to interrupt, but I want to interrupt. I felt like they changed up the instrumentation significantly right there, including a banjo, because there is a major transition from that song to the next. That's absolutely true. Next song, but but that's not this. I mean, sure, you can question and be like, "What? Come on!" And that's fine. I, I I just I just to me when I listen to that part. I guess I just feel that transition. And if you don't mind me asking, it transitions into pretty much a completely piano driven yeah. song. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your take on that? I simply wasn't into it. Um, there's okay. So I, I like God, it when bands Aaron. do. God, Aaron's you heart is just Yeah, That's fine. Um, no, it's all right. I, I think you, you you should continue to be honest. Like, don't sugarcoat what you yeah. disliked about it. It's great. I don't know. I, I I do like when a band does like a slow song on an album. Um, and I don't even remember what song is that. Just called that let it is, all out. Yeah, let it all out. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It wasn't your cup of tea, and that's it's really fine. Let's let's get some of the instrumentation stuff and and get into some lyric stuff. I know Mike's probably chomping at the bit to to talk about a few things, so let's just let's just go right in and say like what lyrics from this record uh, stood out in a positive way to you and why, Mike. Oh man. Okay. Um, and if there's any way to like not go on for three or four hours. Feel I to you. I'm no, sorry I- to do this, but there was a couple things that I feel like I should talk about um, about the music. Go for it. Oh okay, please! So oh please do. You guys have uh, mentioned to me that Ryan K was uh, highly influenced by No Effects, and No Effects is one of my favorite bands. Um, which, you know, prior to I don't know a week ago. Uh, Sadie Hawkins dance was the only thing by Reliant K that I was familiar with. And so that's why 
I hated rolling a K. Um, but when you told me that, I got a little bit interested. And I picked that up big time on um, was the Beating a Dead Horse one. The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one. That song <laughs> feels like it could fit into Pump Up the Volume. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but not heavy petting zoo because that would be beating off a dead horse. Right, which is exactly. totally different. song sounds very much like no effects the intro yes. starts with that fast very similar to what melvin and hefe might play um and then it transitions into the verse and they do something that i think no effects does quite often is where they go into that fat from fast to like a slower beat and it's like, like swingy yeah yeah it is it is a, a swing very beat. swingy beat mm-hmm. yeah um, drop the guitars, just bass and drums, swingy. Um, and then the bridge in that sounds like Fat Mike wrote it himself. So I like those songs, and I will say that listening to this album made me want to listen to No Effects more. So I'm probably going to do that this week. In that um, case, in that case, since you've specifically nailed uh, down a couple of songs that stood out to you, including lyrically, let's mm-hmm. hold off on Mike talking about Shyhood, and why don't you just dig into those couple of songs that stood out in a positive way lyrically for you, which... I think one of the ones you said was the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on it and maintain consciousness. Once you, what, what stood out to you there? Yeah, so... I know you said a little bit, but keep going. The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one. There's a couple things that really stick out to me, and that is it's a, a short, fast, um, fairly simple um, song. There's just a verse, a chorus, and a bridge. Um, again, just like something that no effects would do. I mean, a lot of their songs don't even have choruses. Um, but the first verse is the only verse 
is uh, just listen to the politician wishing his position wasn't missing everything his heart would like to say. And a constant in the Constitution is that there can't be one solution. It'd be so far from the truth and we would hate it anyway. Um, and I really like, number one, they're taking a slight at politicians. Um, and they're pointing out that politicians hold back something that they really want to say or do because they don't want to offend people. They want to be politically correct. They don't want to, I mean, a lot of times it's because they want to advance their agenda, their careers. Um, I mean, I'm kind of reading into that, but that's the reason that I see why they would do it. But then they drop into the chorus and uh, they, I think they cut it out and it's just an acoustic guitar in the chorus in that one. Um, and it's opinions are immunity to being told you're wrong. And I think that's, I mean, happens so often like, oh, it's just my opinion. You can't tell me I'm wrong, it's my opinion. Everyone's entitled to an opinion and that's ridiculous. Um, and they go into paper, rock and scissors. They all have their pros and cons. You take a chance, you gamble, like eh, it could work out, could not. So that was one that stood out to you uh, in the lyrics. Are there any others you would want to touch on and point out before we move on? Yeah. Um, and this one, like, I think one of you said I was going to hate high of 75, but I do appreciate the uh, lyrics. And I, I like that he kind of relates mental health issues to the changing of the weather and its unpredictability. Um, Cause he starts out with, we were talking together. I said, what's up with this weather? Don't know whether or not how sad I just got was on my own volition or if I'm just missing the sun. All right. So is this because of something that I want or is it, is it even something that's real or is it something that I just don't understand? I, if I could break in just a little bit, Absolutely. I, I, I almost texted you guys the other night at like two thirty, three in the morning because I woke up and I had like a little headache and I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and I just had like a, a, when you have like issues of depression, there's, there's like chronic depression and there's also acute, acute depression. And I just, I, it was the craziest thing because I experienced very much what he's, I think what he's talking about in this song. I, it was like, I, it wasn't like a slippery slope. It was like, I fell off a cliff. And I spent about two and a half hours from like two to like four to five, some something like that in the morning. Devastated. Like in this crazy space of like, I don't think I'm okay. I don't even know if I want to be okay. And it was like frightening. And I was like, I don't know what to do here. I, I like, I got up, I went for, I walked or I went for a little walk. Um, I, you know, popped a couple of ibuprofen and a, and a Sam E to try and like regulate myself a little bit. And it didn't like eventually 
like my wife and I like we talked a little bit like I fell back asleep eventually but it was like a very weird horrible couple of and it was very much like did I did I have a dream did I do something is something going on what ha- I'm trying to think about what happened yesterday and there's just no reason yeah I don't know what's going on sort of it sort of reminds me of what you get into I think it's ver- I don't know if it's verse 2 or 3 but the uh, it's, he says uh, the temperature is freezing, and then after dark, there's a cold front sweeping in over my heart. Yeah, and it might break up if I don't wake up to the sun. Right, and and he's talking to like a god, right? Like he like he's talking. You know, he he's not talking to like his girlfriend who's there. He he's talking to like uh, goodness. I might break up with like the idea wait. that there's hope. Yeah, except for the very very. Last lines of the song. Aaron, did you happen to catch those ones? Did those catch your ear? Um Yes. The uh and now I'm sunny with a high of seventy five since you took my heavy heart and made it light. And it's funny how you find you enjoy your life when you're happy to be alive. It's funny how you can enjoy your life when you're happy to be alive. Sort of reminds me a little bit of what you touched on uh, when we were talking about the um, Gang of Youths song. Um, oh gosh, I used to want to be important. Now I just want to be alive. It kind of hits hits uh, on that for me. All right. Well, uh, thanks for putting that stuff out, Aaron. Uh, anything else before we toss it to Mike for some Shy Halud breakdown? I think um, we can go to Mike. All right. So I- I'll kind of blow through this a little bit. Um, I, I did, I was very judgmental in my, in my first listen and, and my, and even as I approach the lyrics, uh, I, I say this cautiously, um, but my first lyrical listen through with lyrics in front of me was really broken up. It was like a, a song here, half a song there. You know, I was, I was like driving to this place, trying to take it in. Um, and then I just gave myself a couple of full on unadulterated listening with lyrics in front of me and um a pen to write with and almost every strong almost every song had a strong uh meaning and thematic like presence um and so i'll, I'll go through a few of those um I, when i looked up like a little bit more stuff about Shihalud and then I like I knew what misanthropy was. I actually knew it because of the metal world and a friend I have <laughs> who's into metal. Like for some reason I knew what that word meant. Um weirdly. Uh and so I kind of was like, oh, is this gonna just be some dark death? And I, I caught a couple of lyrics early on about like my black heart and blackness and darkness. Like I was like, okay, is this gonna be another one of those like skull with a sword through it and a snake wrapped around it with like black blood drops coming off kind of album cover thing? And really, Venom Spreader, the first song, quickly like kind of caught me when I finally looked at the lyrics. Rather than bracing the heart with balance and serenity, it racks the gut with spite damnable abomination a conscious contagion infecting mankind and right there we get kind of like the thesis for the record to me which is like we want balance and serenity that's actually the goal so it's like this harsh darkness kind of feel vibe i would call it the aesthetic and it's a kind of the metal metal core aesthetic is dark 
rough, dramatic kind of thing. But the goal here is a hope for balance and serenity. That rolls into um, the creation ruin. Um, I thought of Rumi, which came up on, on a couple of our episodes. Uh, gaze long upon your wasteland. And it's that idea of like, after the darkness, there is light. I don't remember the exact quote. Jesse does, I'm sure. Um, but it's like this idea of like, what's going to be there in the morning? And so this idea of like, gaze long upon your wasteland. May the weight of the dead bring the burden of clarity. That's like a gnarly line to me. Um, may the weight of the dead bring the burden of clarity. And that kind of sets a scene. So like, we want balance and serenity but there's a ruin here. And there's a little bit of a C.S. Lewis reference to his poem, As the Ruins Fall. To me, I dug in probably too deep, but like, what good can we possibly do? What good can man do? Um, And then that sets us up for the title track, which is Misanthropy Pure, and oh shit, there are some lyrics in that song. (laughs) Like, oh man. And I'm I'm gonna read one little chunk of a verse. It's like half a verse, I think understand contempt born of clear perception is a birthright contempt born of clear perception is a birthright so if you feel pissed about something and you have looked at it with clear eyes okay you have a right to be angry about this. You have a right to be pissed off about this. Understand contempt born of a clear perception is a birthright to those who channel it toward progression. So if you are pissed and you are willing to do something good with this, okay. thought of righteous indignation um one of our friends of the show aaron abubo he was in a punk band when i was in high school called the indignance i think i got that right um and i thought of them which like i remember playing on a concrete cover of a septic tank in a backyard punk rock show with them when i was in high school and it's like hilarious um i thought of that i thought of like resist stickers on stuff um i thought of friday night lights clear hearts you know what is it clear hearts pure, clear eyes pure hearts can't lose is that right um, uh, clear eyes yeah. full hearts clear full eyes hearts, full yeah. hearts can't lose so like contempt born with a clear if you see it and you're pissed but you're gonna do something good that's right and I thought of John Lewis actually because I think to me that is the a, a very metal core dramatic version of good trouble if you're interested in good trouble okay that's all right um, and then that, that, that song kind of closed with a, a bit of a conviction for me uh, through the years, which there's there's a line. It, it kind of carries on. My, my notes have this this quote, and then in parentheses I wrote, oh shit, after this. Because <laughs> it gets like really gnarly. Um, but it says, a glaring misconception of self-importance. I know the character well. And I feel like that's me big time. 
the misconception of self-importance. It goes on to say the misconception of self-importance, heedless fool, so arrogant with no understanding of consequence. I see this negligence. I don't accept it. It goes on and then it ends with the world is not yours. And I had like flashbacks to being a punk ass kid playing high school basketball, throwing a chair onto the court, being so arrogant that I couldn't function. Um, hit me a lot. Uh, next song, um, We Who Finished Last, didn't really like it. <laughs> uh, the next after that, though, Chorus of the Dissimilar. This was the first song that struck me. And I'll just like, I'll kind of talk about this and then blow through the rest of it a bit. But. Um, this is, this was my anthem on the album. This was a song that grabbed me the most, uh, gather all we cynics and outcasts, gather all we cynics and outcasts. And it's really a song to rally empaths is kind of what I took from it. Um, those who feel deeply, uh, it says those who feel deeply, those who think long, and those that give rise to compassion. Um, it talks about iconoclasts, which I believe I have kind of become. Often that's thought of as a cynic. That's somebody who like kind of attacks a belief system or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and it says here, malcontents are made. And I I have a sign in the front of my house. Um, it's actually a quote from uh, I have I have a framed version of it right here on my wall. I have some postcards that somebody sent me with this on that. And it's from a education theorist that I really respect. His name is Chris Emden. Um, talks a lot about kind of like anti-racism, equity and education. He has a, he has a book called for white folks who teach in the hood. Um, and what he, and, and the, the phrase I really love is he says that I, that we, and I believe I am as a neo indigenous person, I'm maladjusted to the norm. Whatever the whatever society has built as the construct of what is like who we are, I did not get normed to that, and I find myself butting my head against it all the time. I don't match white evangelicalism. I don't match uh, uh, capitalism. American exceptionalism. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't fit it. It doesn't fit me. I don't fit in with it, and that causes dissonance all of my life. And so. Um, I just think maladjusted to the norm. with I'm a cynic and an outcast um, and really like from there on I feel like he almost got to say whatever he wanted and I was willing to listen <laughs> throughout the rest of the record uh, there's just a couple well, little tiny pieces go ahead Aaron yeah I think you should talk about the very last line of that song because it like punctuates that entire song very well well he, he mentioned I I'm a cynic no, no, no. the last line yeah is not, I'm a cynic and outcast a human affront to inhuman beings yeah I, I mean I think so I actually think 
that he that runs into the next song in a lot of ways. Like I feel like yeah. I, that's one thing I like about this album, and maybe mm-hmm kind of does this too. Songs flow together, and they it's an album in a lot of ways. It's a true album that has like a flow to it and a purpose to all of it as a one piece of art. I think both of these records do that. I appreciate that because in um, in the mind and the marrow that it goes from like I have seen these things, we feel these things. And it flips to that affront word there in that last line. It flips to like, and you. And he, it goes on the attack to me. Like, we call you to account for the deeds of savagery. You have to do something about this. You. Whoever the you is, and I'm, I don't even really know. You will answer to the living world. Brother, you are in error. Which is one of my favorite lines on the whole record. And he says it a bunch of times. Brother, you are in air. And that's like that chunky-ass bridge that comes in on that song, which I really, I was grooving on that. It was fat. And Did I you say chunky-ass? Chunky-ass. Like, it's like a chungus bridge <laughs> on that song. And and I, I wrote all these quotes on my, on my notes. You, know, you will answer to the living world. Brother, you are in air. We call you to account for the deeds of savagery. And in the middle of it, I just wrote a box. This is like, he's talking about a social contract here. He's talking about a responsibility we all have for each other. And like just putting it on blast that people don't do that. Other songs hit me. Um, the, the, the last one that I want to mention, I know I'm going on a little bit, but the last one is just set your body ablaze is legit that song was legit i i'm being mr poetry major guy here a little bit but you know the hook of the song is hollow words will burn hollow men will burn hollow words will burn hollow men will burn over and over again um hollow men is a poem by t.s Eliot. it's very famous one of the lines from that is this is how the world ends not a bang, but a whimper. Pretty famous line. It's been used and kind of cliched out. Um, but in there, he names a couple of things. And, and I'll kind of like... I, I'll end with this. Um, he says, There's a horde eager to accept this deceit. And I couldn't help but think of the American struggle right now. There has been a horde of people willing and eager to accept being deceived. Um, the, the conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, the, the, the alt-right neo-Trumpers. Um, and, and then he goes on to say, a product of conceit so um, absorbed and vain that he thinks himself divine. He is sure to die. And this is like profound to me. And man must truly be God, for he has tried so hard to create me in his image. A formless shadow deprived of life. <clears throat> and I wrote, <clears throat> I wrote, whoa, right after that. And then that last line, which is like my dad and I used to, you know, my dad was a Kansas fan. I am the wayward son of man, which is 
definitely some like crazy ass Jesus reference or something here, like following it up. It's not, I am the wayward son. He's like, Oh, you're having Jesus talk right here. Like you decided to have Jesus talk. What the hell? You know, Jesus, like, just like flip the middle finger to these people. I am the wayward son of man. And that is like the weirdest magical, illusion I maybe have seen ever in a song that you put Kansas and Jesus together in a metalcore song. Fantastic. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, you know what? I, I, I actually was going to ask you guys if there was anything like lyrically that, that kind of turns you off, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of don't want to know. There was so much good that came out from each one that I just, I don't know. Should I ask that question? Do you guys was there something that you you would is worth mentioning that that hit you the wrong way? I I just think like he has some he has such great lines, especially these like really profound bridges that like just sit on them. And and I think he could have like tied them back in later in the album. Like I did not like the last song. I didn't like Cold Lord Quietus. It was like probably my least favorite song. I wish the record ended with Be Winged or Winged, mm-hmm. however you want to say. I wish it ended with that. I think a reprise of that, like, you know, we all lie to ourselves when we feel hopelessness of a grim tomorrow. You lie to yourself oh. to maintain your sanity. I would have loved it to just like, just reprise that. Reprise I mean, that with High of 75 from Reliant K. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Let's be quick with this one. So, name one track that you would say is just your favorite off of uh, this record that you just dug into deep. Aaron, name just one track that you would say was a favorite. Maintain Consciousness. All right, Mike. Name one track that was a favorite from Misanthropy Pure. Uh, I would say Chorus of the Dissimilar. All right. Well, um, so just to kind of wrap this, you guys dug into these albums nice and deep. I really appreciate you guys took the time to dig into each other's recommendations so thoroughly. But um, I want to commend Aaron because compared to the last time he did this, he came he came with some stuff, man. He came locked and loaded. It was good. Yeah, and I I listened to this one. I think. Seven times. Really? Nice. Wow, the last man. Time we did That's it, a lot. I listened to it three times. There you go. It was all right. It got easier by like the fifth time. That's good. That's good. So, like some of the like cheesy sounding stuff, you were able to just kind of not worry as much about it after so many times. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so- exactly. I mean, kind of like how Mike had to warm up to Shy Halu. To yeah. really open yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah it, t- it took me two so, full listens to, to warm up. So now that so now that you've warmed up to these new bands to each of you, would you add this album to your library and listen to it on any sort of regular basis? No. Wow. Uh, that, damn it, Aaron. Did I already have... Else? I already have. It's added to the library, and I've even added it to a playlist. And right, well, I added two. Then? I think I added two other albums. I think, as well. 
so once I don't know well I, how about this how about this way then would would this experience open you up to exploring the band's discography more I know Mike already answered that Aaron would this open you up to exploring the discography of Reliant K anymore I don't want to say no I sort of feel like if the answer was going to be yes it would be not to add full records in but just to find those one or two songs that do work for you maybe and really it's more like now that i've given this one a chance and warmed up to it like i'd be more willing to give others a shot this wasn't their last album right no they've got oh, no, no, i think no, no. they've they got four or five after this one probably evolved in a way that you would dislike though well, then I'm going to listen to it and prove you wrong. Yeah, their newest album if, has no punk elements whatsoever, I would say. Could you and, and I'm one looking of their, forward to listening to it. And their album from 2013 called Collapsible Lung is just intentionally pop. Just like, this is not pop punk, this is pop pop. Anyways, don't, don't worry about it, though. Okay, so um, I think... Uh, I think we got to at least hash out another showdown. I I like doing these like a lot. I actually had to hold my tongue on some of my thoughts like many times because Aaron, you recommending this album to Mike, put it on my radar in a way that Mm -hmm. I had never had before. Um, But since it was you guys digging in deep and and, and talking about it, I just was sitting here asking the questions. So, but I'm not going to get into my thoughts about it. I also think Jesse, you did a very good job as a referee Especially given your utter bias, since I challenged Aaron with your favorite record of all time. I know. Uh, I think like you Maybe barely chimed point. in, and that was great. That being said, I so far you and Aaron had one, and Aaron and I had one. So I think yeah, that it's our if, if we want to keep this like balanced in some way, much like Shai Halud strives for the balance and serenity in the record Misanthropy Pure. I think it's time for Jesse and I to go head to head, which is crazy because neither Jesse or I, like Jesse and I's music ness is together. Like, I don't know. Jesse and I have done more music things and life together than all the other people in our lives combined, probably at this point. (laughs) So, this is going to be fascinating to take on. And I have an idea of what I would challenge you with. Jesse, okay. do you have an idea? I, I do, but since I know that Mike and I have so much overlap in in both just what we enjoy and what we look for in music in a lot of ways, um, I think I think that we're probably going to get into something that we like know the other person is capable of listening to or has heard before, but maybe you just want the other person to dig into deeper. Uh, yeah, kinda. All right. Well, I I don't know if I I I I wrote down one thing that I wanted you to dig into. What? But I can't decide if I should just say it or I want to hear yeah, what you, you have go first. first. Like, I, I'm I'm committed ah, to what I have. So I you go it. first. You go first. I am too. Okay. This is something I know you have heard before, and I I know it's not like oppositional to something you would listen to, but it's something I just want to hear your thoughts on in a deeper way. And it's an album by the band Beloved. There, and this album is one of my favorites of all time and it's a full length record they put out, they only ever put out one full length record and it was called Failure On um, 
And so it's just one of my favorites of all time. And I just, I know you've heard stuff off of it. I've sent stuff your way. Like, dude, check out this one song. Check this out. But I want you to, I want you to go with the whole record. Okay. And what's for me? You're not going to like this. Oh, I can handle that. I can, I can handle it. I want you to, I want you to get into, I want you to get into, so I, I, I spoke at this random conference yesterday, which I didn't realize I was really speaking at this like conference conference thing and I said some stuff and, and somebody like was digging it and she made a little post it that said like, start with joy. And it like was kind of connected to something that I had said during my little session and she tweeted it and I replied to the tweet and I said, yes, and then mine for it, sift for it, relentlessly pursue it, joy. Mm -hmm. So I want you to mine and sift and relentlessly pursue this thing, okay? Eternal Echo by Shades Apart. Okay. Which you have already told me. You're like, ah, and like, and they're friends of ours. Like, so, you know, I just, I think, and who knows like when we will do this. I have a feeling we might do this after they're on the show or something like after we've like spent time with them. So who knows? But like, that's what I want you to take in. Okay. You know, what? uh, that is not going to be too tough for me. Um, I, I was thinking you were going to put me on to some hip hop or something. That would oh. be a little bit. I thought you would, and you probably still will someday. Uh, but you didn't this time, so I, I sort of feel that, like I lucked you out. You know what? I'm making a note, and when <laughs> I make, and when I make a note, watch your asses. <laughs> My note says Jesse Hart, hip hop. <laughs> Wait, hip hop or rap? It says Jesse. Uh, Heart hip hop, there it is. All right, well, well, that's it for this showdown. Uh, thanks to you guys for digging so deep into these records, and uh, thanks to you listeners out there that that put up with us uh, getting into just more than surface level stuff. Yeah, man, and like, thank you for listening. It, it, it's it's cool to get back into a new season. Um, we hope you're enjoying kind of a couple of the new things that we're doing. And, uh, and please like check out some old episodes if you're new to the show. Go back and, and listen to some of the, some of the crap we've talked about. Um, and also check out some of the other shows uh, that are part of the network. Uh, we're really glad to be a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Some really cool um, other great conversationalists, some historians and music and things that, that you might totally dig. There's also some really cool shows that have taken apart. Um, some records and bands and songs and albums by by some people in the genre that we we spend most of our time with um we love having these conversations we look forward to engaging with any of you hit us up on 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 all the the social medias um we'd love to we'd love to connect with you and uh and just to bring this full circle much like the phases of the moon by the time this comes out we'll probably have a waxing crescent moon <laughs> so make sure you get out there and uh Check out that moon, y'all. All right, be excellent to each other. See you guys later. The city Hawkins dance and my khaki pants. There's nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. Girls, that's the guys. It's always a surprise. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.